0: Hello, and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald, and I will be your host as we continue on this journey of exploring all the ways love is sending signals to us and through us. All right, all right. Welcome back. Episode six. Here we go. I'd like to read another excerpt from Martha Beck's book, The Way of Integrity. This is from page 249. The poet William Blake said, We are put on earth a little space that we may learn to bear the beams of love. And she continues, Love beams, like sunbeams, light up our lives. They're what everyone wants and needs. But especially at first, the light is too bright. We want to turn away, as Dante turns away from Beatrice. But she won't stand for it. She knows Dante needs to look at the love that's looking at him. And so do you. So this is such a beautiful quote and this I just opened up to this when I was preparing for this episode and it and it just uh oh, it felt like a love signal finding me. How amazing in this whole book that talks about so many things to find the page that talks about beams of love If I haven't heard of a love signal, if I I didn't know what a love signal was already, I would be like, oh my gosh, there it is. I found it. Beams of love. (laughs) And I remember when I read this book before, I remember this idea. And there's even an exercise that goes along with it that I would love to walk you guys through today um, because it's really beautiful. And I think it's something uh, that fits in quite nicely to our whole love signals reality. I think that you probably want to know who Dante and Beatrice are, just to give a little context to that quote. So, Dante, um, this is this is all from Dante's Inferno. In Martha Beck's book, The Way of Integrity, she uses the text Dante's Infermo, Inferno, <laughs> Inferno, Inferno. Uh, as basically like this map, because Dante goes through this journey of being in the dark wood of Error, where he doesn't, he's kind of lost his way, he's lost his sense of integrity with himself, and then basically he has to go to all these hell gates. He goes into the realms of hell and he travels through all the layers of hell down to the very center of it, and he realizes he has to go through the very core of hell, to come out the other side. And then he experiences purgatory, which is, or no, it's pur- Anyway, he experiences limbo, I think. There's there's some other stage. I need to clarify this, where it's basically a little mountain where he goes up and there's layers and layers and layers before you're ready to go to heaven, to paradise. And then he goes to paradise. But Martha Beck uses that as this map of of basically a process we can all go through in ourselves of becoming deeply honest, facing the things we're the most afraid of, the, the truths we want to avoid, and then basically, you know, owning up to it and facing it all and then and then kind of waking up to the love that's in us and the love that's here for us and the light that's here for us. And so in Dante's journey, Beatrice, um, he has a guide for the first part when he's going through hell called Virgil, and then later on, Beatrice kind of takes Virgil's place and she takes him, I think, through that last little bit of the mountain. Then when he, re- and then the transition from there to to paradise, and basically she's just she's just this beaming presence. She's rather angelic, and she knows that he needs to face this light. He needs to let it in. And that's what Martha Beck is talking about here, of we want to turn away as Dante turns away from Beatrice, but she won't stand for it, Beatrice won't stand for it. She knows Dante needs to look at the love that's looking at him, and so do you. This ties back to one of our very early episodes, giving, what is it, receiving the love you give, right? This idea of can we receive love? Can we let it in? And on a certain level, I do feel like the daily love letter project, that year-long project I did, was me expanding my capacity to, to look at the love that's looking at me, to really face it, see it, and expand my ability to receive it. Because I think that's something I really realized each day as I was writing those. I sensed how... How oh, there is so much love, like that, it just it could keep coming, it could keep coming, it could keep coming, and any discomfort I really felt was was inside of me. It was almost like my inner love valve <laughs> needed to expand, or or just almost like the debris um, needed to just be cleared away so it could run clear, it could run smooth. Yeah, that's probably the best analogy. It's like maybe. If each of us and the love that's flowing to us is like a river or a creek or stream, maybe it gets bogged down with with trash or clutter or old debris. And sometimes we have to face really high volume levels of love because that's just going to push through, push that debris out, out to the sides. Or sometimes we pick through it and we gently, piece by piece, Remove those bits of debris so that then the water, the stream of love can flow more and more smoothly, more and more consistently to us and through us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool to think about. I'd like to read a love letter on that note. Um, And just let this wash over you. If you haven't already considered this, I'd love for you all to consider that these love letters are to you, right? I wrote these to myself, but so often, if not always, I felt that they were the universe speaking to me as one facet of the universe, and I feel like they apply as much to you as they do to me. So let's see how this goes based on me giving you that... um, that lens to consider this through. What day is this from? This is from May 16th, 2021. Sometimes I feel that your heart is tender, dear one, and I know you have love for your heart in every form it takes. Go to the woods, listen to the rivers and streams, and feel, feel my love seeking you out and finding you listening for the places that are quiet and aching to be held and loved and cherished and gently cradled. I am here. I am here. There is room for all of you, all your feelings, thoughts, moods, ideas, textures, tears, sounds, faces, movements, breaths, and beyond. Let me hold all of it. I am already open-armed, And ready, and will always be. This love is steady and strong, and ardent and peaceful. I shall memorize and treasure the details of your existence, all the better to see how you are made of all that is eternal and formless. Thank you for this opportunity to love you and know you and experience the wonders of life through you. That's a good, I like that one. <laughs> you know, I wrote these each each day as I'd write these from, you know, June of 2020 to June of 2021. I'd write them and and then I'd just go about my day, you know? There'd be a moment of like, whoa, <laughs> and i feel it. Um, but sometimes I'd just, you know, just off I went, do-do-do-do-do, um, went about my day. I think that's one of the things that, I really loved about that project is that it was so incremental, almost like like waves crashing on a rock. Or even subtler than that, like, like a drip of water down onto a, an old flagstone, sandstone piece of rock that slowly, slowly, slowly creates this little divot, this little bowl that forever changes that rock, you know? And I like that, I kinda like that the experience snuck up on me, it wasn't, didn't hit me over the head, so to speak, which is such a dramatic way to say that. But yeah, it didn't, um, didn't hit, it, it slowly evolved and seeped in to me and to my heart and to my mind. To me, I think part of why that experience was so profound is because it was so saturating. It was so complete. And the change, the change was deep. I feel it in every cell of my body. So, exciting stuff. (laughs) Let's explore this exercise of bearing the beams of love. So this is an exercise from Martha Beck's book, The Way of Integrity, Finding the Path to Your True Self, which is another book we are spending some fun time with on the podcast. I'm going to feature quite a few books on the podcast. If you didn't already get that sense, then let me say it explicitly. I love books. I love self-help books and spiritual books, and uh, so I'm going to be sharing that with you. And I feel like part of why books are part of this podcast is because they were really part of the, the journey for me. And, you know, a lot of these books I read before or even after the daily love letter to myself project. But um, they really feel like they're part of the fabric of it. So here we go. Exercise. Bearing the beams of love. Part one. As you move closer to full integrity, your one degree choices will eventually put you in the company of someone you trust. It may be a friend, a 12-step group, your partner, a sibling. We'll call them the trusted other. When you've got someone in mind, move on to step two. So I'll just comment here. this is you know, maybe two thirds of the way into her book, and so she's talked about numerous exercises to help increase our relationship with being in integrity. And part of what she talks about with that is, even if getting into integrity means you make one degree choices or one degree shifts, that is profound. And that actually really ties into what I was saying, these daily love letters over the course of a year, that was like a bunch of one degree shifts. How cool is that? Wow. I didn't even plan that. That's pretty cool. That really relates. Um, And to tie back to last week's episode, somatic awareness and sensing, oh, do I feel tightness when I think about moving in that way or do I feel expansion? Does this feel like a yes or a no on the body level? Right. I think that's another way to come closer and closer into full integrity, making choices based on if the body is saying yes or no. So moving on to part two, now that you've identified your trusted other, think of something you haven't told your trusted other, something that feels a bit too sensitive to share. Maybe it's something in your past that you're ashamed of, like being in an abusive relationship or failing at something important, or maybe it's just a feeling of love, yearning, or hope that might make you feel vulnerable and write it down. So. You can pause this here and write it down for yourself, or you can save this later um, and come back to this part of the podcast. I'll move on to step three. Give this time, but notice that as you grow closer to your trusted other, you both fear revealing and want to reveal the thing you're hiding. So you're simultaneously you feel a lot of fear about it and you really want to. And actually I feel like I just recently experienced this with my partner Dylan was sharing more about just like my past and my life and my history. And this feeling of like feeling really afraid, feeling fear about revealing it and feeling like I really wanted to. And she continues, as the desire to be fully known grows stronger, commit to telling your trusted other your secret when the situation feels right and then step four when the situation arrives it will tell your trusted other about your sensitive topic and then here's part five this is the most important part if your trusted others response feels uncaring or indifferent shut down the conversation and start over with someone else and this is important this is a form of like self-protection right it's like we You get to choose who you let in. You get to choose who fully knows you. right? And so if they do respond with love and acceptance, she talks about looking into their eyes. Really look into the person's eyes if you feel their love and acceptance. And maybe this is deeper on into the conversation. Maybe you two kind of sort through some things as you go, but there's there's probably going to be a moment with this trusted other where they really are offering love and acceptance maybe it's right away maybe it's a little later on as they digest what you've shared and look into their eyes this is so beautiful to me she goes on to share how she's used this exercise in groups and one participant will be brave and talk about their anger or loneliness and then Oh yeah, and then she asks the group to um, raise their hands and keep them up if they feel compassion for the person who is speaking. And she has them keep their hands raised and then the person who shared that tender thing, that vulnerable thing, she tells them to look at all of their faces, to really look deeply into their eyes, to feel their, their sympathy, their compassion. I'll quote her here. Eye gaze is a powerful way to fire up the mirror neurons in our brains and shift the way we feel towards others. Over and over, I've seen this exercise powerfully re-socialize people, reducing primal shame and creating the sense of being safe among humans. Take it at your own pace, but try it. So I really love this because she's talking about, oh my gosh, she's talking about so many cool pieces here um, of how we can share love we can be the signals of love for one another right and i would love as a follow-up question if i could talk to martha beck right now i would want to ask her did you ever ask the participants who raised their hands how they felt after gazing into the eyes of that tender person who was bearing the beams of love from their eyes because there's something so profound about giving love, about really sharing our sympathy and love and seeing the other person receive it, especially when they really need it, right? It's like, it's like giving somebody a glass of water when they're really thirsty. It feels so good. They really needed it. You helped them get that. There's something wonderful about feeling um, useful and needed and like you're able to bring something good to somebody else's life. And maybe that's just me. Maybe that doesn't resonate for you, but... I'd be curious how those participants felt. I imagine that that enhanced their sense of well-being as well. And I will say, as a tiny scientific caveat, I'm such a nerd, uh, and I love Andrew Huberman. He has a wonderful podcast, if you guys haven't heard of it, the Andrew Huberman Labs podcast. And he talks about neuroscience and the brain. And he has said that it does seem like some of the mirror neuron science isn't um, quite as strong as we'd like it to be it's such a he's like it's such a beautiful idea right like when we're in the presence of each other our neurons fire in a mirroring way which allows us to feel more compassion for one another and he's like i i i think maybe there's some merit to that but we just don't have the actual data to back it up and it might be that there's other basically other things going on that are creating that um so i basically take any reference to mirror neurons as like a beautiful way to describe what happens when humans interact with each other in person and we can see each other's body language we can feel each other's energy and and tone and breath and all of that i think there's so much that we communicate with with each other in person and um and i think even just through the sounds of our voices or you know the closer it is to being in person i think the more we can feel that other person, but sometimes even just hearing someone's voice, we can really feel them in ourselves. So whether it's neurons or whether it's a bunch of other magical things, humans are incredible and we are able to be beacons and beams and and sources of love that's signaling out, that's sending out messages to each other and we can be the receivers, right? We can receive those messages. We can receive those signals. So, yeah. I hope you try this out. And granted, that's a long exercise, right? That's a That could be weeks, months. It depends um, on who you've identified and how often you interact with them and how ready you feel to share that vulnerable thing. I will say I find that being honest with myself in my journal is such a such a wonderful kind of first step, especially when there is something I'm wanting to share with somebody I care about, with somebody who I want to know me even deeper and more fully. And it kind of goes back to what I was talking about last week of being honest with yourself, right? Being honest with ourselves is a powerful first step because as we claim the truth, As we step into integrity and as we face what's real, we can bring love to it and we can bring understanding and from that place we can experience so much, ah, just like so much growth, so much learning. So I wonder what this has been like for you all. If you were here now and I could ask you and I could talk to you, I would wanna know how how Have you experienced sharing something tender with somebody who you could really trust, who met you with compassion, and what was that like for you? Did it perhaps change how you saw yourself? I know I've experienced that with some of my very best friends. I can remember experiencing that many times. And now with my romantic partner, Dylan, I experience that with him quite often as well. It's beautiful to to get to be human and to be in relationship with other people Uh, because I think we can't help but stimulate growth in one another and, and if we're willing, if we're willing to grow, if we're willing to be honest with ourselves, I believe that there's so much room that we open up by doing that for love to come in and Oh, just bolster us, bolster us and fill us up, fill our cups completely. This reminds me of something I kind of wanted to mention last time, but I figured I'd save it. And this is um, this is an idea that comes from five elements psychology, which technically comes from the Chinese traditions of acupuncture. So before all of the spirituality was removed from the Chinese culture, um, during the Cultural Revolution and all of that that went on there, Um, acupuncture wasn't just putting needles on points based on meridian lines it also included this whole really beautiful spiritual element which was basically the deep study of nature and the five elements that exist in nature and how those elements relate to uh, our bodies like the different systems in our bodies our organs and our emotions and um and also like our evolution. And so I I took a class at Naropa um, as an undergrad. I took it twice, actually. I liked it so much. (laughs) That was about five elements. And some of the coolest parts to me are the ways that the elements either support one another or they can kind of help balance one another or even completely kind of interrupt others. So The example that came to mind when I was doing my last podcast was the way that emotions like fear, when we let them get out of control, they can be really destructive and they can really freeze us. And they can, oh, it can be so intense. And this might be something that's a bit more um, alive in people after after 2020 and and being kind of in the pandemic mode of fear, whether or not that became a a strong part of your experience or or not, you might've noticed it in others, but fear is the emotion associated with the water element in five elements theory. And it's also associated with wisdom and our ancestors and the season of winter. And so fear, I kind of think of it as like this quiet meditating being in a dark, cold, icy cave, <laughs> and this, this water element, it can, oh my gosh, if it's out of balance, right, if there's too much water, it can put us into such an intense fear state that it floods everything, like it just, it takes over, it floods everything. The water goes everywhere, and then maybe it freezes, or maybe you freeze. And so the thing that balances water is earth. And it can also, earth can also kind of mm, interrupt some of the beauty of water, so it's, it's all about balance. But earth can come in, and ah, this is so beautiful to me because as I was talking about last time of earth being this hand that cradles the experience of being honest and cradles the, the emotions we might be experiencing. Earth is so perfect for that because earth is this like nurturing energy. Earth is associated with kind of like the late summer into fall season, harvest. Um, There's so much like abundance and sweetness and singing and warmth and very like maternal. And earth can come in and, I mean, literally, right? We can dam a river. Earth can come in and, and stop the waters from going everywhere. And it can hold the water and it can contain it, and that can be incredibly soothing to the water element because it's like, oh, I'm okay, I'm held. There is a floor, there are walls, I'm held here in this warmth, in this solidness, right? There's a solidness to earth, and I feel that about love. There can be a solidness to that, and then the fear, the water energy, has enough time to uh, feel held. It can relax, and as the fear dissipates, the wisdom comes through. So, how cool that we can map this idea of, you know, becoming honest with our emotions while being loving as a way to glean wisdom, that maps so beautifully onto this whole five elements theory. And there's so many other examples I can give. That's that's the main one I think of when it comes to this. And maybe that's those are the main energies happening here of earth element and water element. Um and so that's something I'll, I'll probably talk about more in the future—the five elements theory. But I, I wanted to touch on it here. It felt right. It felt like the right time. And I know so many of my love letters um, are—I'm I'm realizing as I read them—are really descriptive and talk a lot about nature. And I think a lot of that's because I would usually try to sit outside while I wrote them, um, and I, I love nature, you know. But I also think there's some there's some deep symbols in nature that, that make sense to me at least. And I imagine for you, dear listener, as well, that speak to a, a deeper knowing in each of us. And so I love bringing in five elements because I think it speaks to that deeper knowing. It, it's recognizable, it makes sense. And I love that. I love that we can see ourselves in nature And nature can see itself in us. How cool is that? (laughs) So, oh, this is a wonderful episode. We talked about beams of love. I got to read you that more robust love letter. We talked about that exercise of what happens when you share the deeper parts of yourself, maybe the parts that you feel scared to share. And we talked about five elements theory a little bit. I'd love to share some journal prompts for you today. So I, I touched on a few throughout the episode. One idea was if you're feeling eager to share maybe a secret or maybe some deeper truth with a trusted beloved, but you want to journal about it first, that's a really great exercise. Um, and so I if I were to give you a specific prompt for that it would be like if I wanted this trusted beloved to know me even better, I would tell them dot 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 fill in the blank. Another um, prompt I'd like to give you is, um, hmm, is it easier for me? No, that's not how I wanna start. What happens when someone has been really loving to me? Have I turned away? Have I let it in? And if you can, try to think of some examples where someone has been really loving, really, really seen you and really appreciated you for, for the depths of who you are. And take a moment to journal about that, to reflect on that. Because sometimes I think we can have these profound experiences like somebody being deeply accepting of us when we've shared something vulnerable. And we might let it in a fair amount in that moment, but sometimes we haven't digested it all the way. And it can be so valuable. This is another great merit to journaling. It can be such a powerful and valuable way to let that experience in more, let it in all the way, all the way to your heart and even through you, right? Letting it move all the way through you so that you can really glean all of the gifts, all of that, all that juice from that experience. So let yourself revel in moments of acceptance if you have experienced those, right? I I really hope you have. And And if any of this stirs up feelings like, man, I I really want to have more sources of love and acceptance in my life, if you're feeling any sense of lack around that, this is such a great invitation to be the one who gives yourself that, right? This is where it all comes back to for me of the self-love letters. You can be that source of acceptance, of self-love. And so even to bring it back to that original idea of a journal prompt, writing out a secret, sharing something so that you could let somebody in and let them fully know you, you could write that out and then you could respond how you'd like them to respond. You could imagine being the one who's heard that and you could write a letter to yourself saying, thank you so much for sharing. I'm so grateful you're letting me see you and know you in this deeper way. And I see your heart. I, I." Feel Feel your strength, whatever it is, whatever you feel inspired to say, right? This can be an incredible way to do this exercise with yourself, right? The beams of love exercise. You can do that with yourself. And to extrapolate further on that, you can even go, and rather than writing it out in your journal, you can go do something that's phenomenal, which I should totally talk about in my next episode. I'm going to make a note of this called mirror work, which is something that Louise Hay, the queen of affirmations, um, created long ago. And it's basically where you stand in front of a mirror and you look into your eyes and you say, I love you. And so you could do this in that simple form, right? Or you could do this in a, in a more long long form where maybe it's you, you say the secret out loud to yourself in the mirror and then you respond and look into your eyes with love and compassion as you acknowledge the bravery, the heart, the wonderfulness of this human who just shared the secret with you. So, oh, I can't wait to talk about mirror work. How fun that 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 came up here in these last few minutes of our episode today. Play with it, play with it all, have fun. This is all an experiment, this is all an exploration. I am not the expert, I am just sharing my many thoughts and feelings about this because i spent a lot of time thinking about this. And you know what? I can't wait to continue thinking about this because that's that's part of why I'm doing this podcast. That's part of why I did the Love Letter Project. I love thinking about love. And if my life is something that I'm creating, that I'm consciously creating, it's so obvious to me that I want to create a life where I think in depth about love, practical self-love, love of others, love of truth, love of honesty, how to be in deeper integrity. This is like the most fun. This is the most fun, so fun to think about this. (laughs) All right, I will leave you with our beloved quote and then I will sign off. Hmm. May you know that there's so much love here for you and may you feel the love signals finding you more and more each day i appreciate you you can email me lovesignalspodcast at gmail.com you can share this podcast with a friend you can write a little review if you're feeling inspired please be well know that there's so much love here for you and until next time take care